Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the, the honor and the, the privilege of getting to come to your house here tonight. Lord, thank you for putting it on our heart to want to come to church, come and, and, and hear the reading of your word and the, the, and the worshiping of your name. Lord, we ask you to, to be with the people that were mentioned here tonight on, on, for our prayer list. Lord, we ask you for healing for their bodies. We ask you for comfort and peace for them and for their family and loved ones. Uh, Lord, please be with our service tonight. Please watch over all the, the kids and their service tonight. And Lord, everybody that's gathering tonight on Wednesday night to, to, to lift up the name of your son, Jesus. We ask all of this in your son's name. Amen. Uh, I got a couple different things that I want to talk about tonight, and honestly, they have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Uh, it's one of them things, Lord, what do you want us to talk about? And he says, you talk about this and this, and I'm like, well, that ain't really, they don't really go together. And he pretty much said, what I tell you do, and that's kind of how he talks to me. I don't know how he talks to y'all, but... That's how. That's what I get. Uh, but this this first topic, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, this is not going to apply to everybody in this room. Uh, some of you, it's gonna hit home with. Some of you, gonna be able to care less about it because it don't apply to you. But if it does apply to you, I'm gonna ask you to pray about it and pray about it hard. And if it does not apply to you, I'm going to ask you to pray about it. And I'm going to ask you to pray about it hard for those that it does apply to. Uh, I heard a quote a while back, and I really like it, and use it as often as I can. And it's short and sweet, and it's this. Uh, blowing out somebody else's candle does not make your shine any brighter. And I really want you to get that. Blowing out somebody else's candle don't make your shine any brighter. And there is a whole lot of truth to that. And we could probably all apply that to some part of our life. Uh, and sometimes we as Christians, that's where we get to. We get to wanting to blow out somebody's candle to make our shine a little bit brighter. We think. A lot of it is surrounded in social media. Uh, it's everywhere. Uh, I try my best to point out that some of the good points of, of, of social media, and there are some good points. I mean, you get birthdays and new babies and prayer requests and all this kind of stuff, and, it, and it's great. But here's my, my dilemma with it. Uh, I haven't lived in the same community my whole life. I've, you know, I know a lot of y'all born here, live here, gonna die here in LaGrange. Uh, and that's all right. That's just not my... The life that I've led. I've, I've bounced around. And I got friends and family folks scattered all over the state of Georgia. And I'm upset because I'm on the verge of losing contact 
with these people that I care about. And I'm on the verge of losing contact with them because I'm studying on giving up all forms of social media. Not that I deal with that a lot, but I want to get away from it. Or I'm thinking about getting away, away from it. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why. And it's not because of all the worldly things that I see on social media. Uh, God has given me an instruction guide right here. And he has given me a comforter. And both of those things help me deal with the world. Every day of my life that I go up, leave my house, and just like y'all do. Uh, my dilemma comes from a different group of people. My dilemma comes because the people that I have an issue with are Christian folks on social media. And I'll be honest with you, that really stinks that I have to say that, but it's the truth. Uh, Truth is, I get sick and tired of stuff Christian folks put on social media. I got Facebook friends that I've had for years, and they hadn't posted anything positive or uplifting or anything about God in years. And they run around calling themselves a Christian. Uh, they're too busy trying to blow somebody else's candle out. And all I see is the, the nasty and the looking down under nose at people. And I got to ask a question. Where in God's word did we learn that? And I, and I, I, I intentionally use we. But I ain't pointing fingers at nobody. Where in God's word did we learn that that's how we were supposed to behave? And I, I do, I understand every now and then you kind of, you got to get down to the nitty gritty with some folks. You just got to get real with them. And I understand that. But I had a, uh, a pastor tell me one time, a long time ago, he said, you can't shear the sheep every week. If you do, they're going to get cold. And he's talking about their heart. Uh, we beat people up and we beat them down on Facebook every day and then we turn right around in the same breath and say, if you don't have a church home, please feel free to come join us at so-and-so church. Well, I'm, honestly, I'm a Christian and I don't want to go to the church most of these people go to. The post I see from Christian folks are not done in a way to lift people up or educate people or comfort people or lead anybody to Christ. They're done in a matter that justifies a lot of people's views of churches today. It's just a room full of people wanting to look down their nose at people that are different than they are. I hate that I am able to say this and have any speck of truth to it. 
it's easier for folks to sit there and type it and then just look in somebody's eye and say it. And we're coming, we're becoming more modern day Pharisees, thinking we're all that and looking down our nose at people that are different than we are. And we do it without offering love or hope or a path to salvation. My first verse today is 1 Corinthians 16 and 14. And it says, let all your things be done with charity or love. Let everything you do be done in love. So it's what we're doing, it's what we're posting or tweeting or whatever we're doing. Are we doing it in love? Are we doing it in love and are we doing it in a loving way? Because they ain't always the same thing. They, uh, you can do something in love but not in a loving way. For instance, if you need to tell somebody something that, you know, they need to hear, do you, you go to them, you call them aside and say, hey, brother, I need to, I need to talk to you about something. Maybe they acting a fool, I don't know, but I need to talk to you about something. Do we do that in love or do we call them out in front of the world and everybody with a Facebook post and tell them how crazy they've been acting. I, I really think they're going to pay a whole lot more attention to the fact that you embarrassed them in front of everybody than anything that we tried to help them with. We didn't learn that from Jesus. We didn't learn that from Jesus. And we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? That's what we're supposed to ask ourselves, right? What would Jesus do? Well, I'm trying to figure out if he would keep his Facebook account open or not. And from what I see, no, he'd probably cut that off long before I did. I'm pretty much directing this toward... Facebook friends or social media friends, but the rest of this part I want to direct toward the folks at Faith Baptist Church. I want to remind myself and you, and you all to remember that as a Christian and if you're going to walk around LaGrange, Georgia, wherever you're from, and call yourself a Christian, everything you do and say, you are representing Jesus Christ. You are representing Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. If you're going to stand up and call yourself a Christian, everything you do, you are representing God's church, and you're representing Faith Baptist Church. Every offhand remark we make, every 
off-color joke, every political jab, you and I are supposed to be God's representatives down here on earth. That's what we're supposed to be. And we need to ask ourselves, are we letting, are we letting Christ's light shine through us with what we do? Or are we too focused on blowing somebody else's candle out? I suggest to myself and all of you, we, that we all pray that God grants us the words that we need to say every day and the life to show this world the life we're supposed to be living and the actions that we need to take every single day that he blesses us with. How are we, Lord, how do you want me to act? How do you want me to react during this day to this crazy messed up world that I got to live in? We need to ask ourselves, are we letting God's light shine through us into this world? And as a very, very deep thinking man once said, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about uh, For those that have been coming to faith for a while, uh, I got s some news for you. I don't think you or we realize exactly how blessed we are at this church. Uh, we're blessed in a whole lot of ways, but one of the ways that I uh, want to kind of point out are the, the singers that we have at this church. Man, I remember the first time we came here, it was like, how did they got so many people that can sing like that in one place? It was, it's amazing. We are mightily blessed, everything from Tim and the choir to, to, to Greg and, and the band. And I'll be honest, I can listen to Hayden sing all day. Uh, it's, it's something else. God has blessed me in many, many ways. And singing ain't one of them at all. He, I am the reason they have that joyful noise verse. And it don't say nothing about pretty. I can't carry a bucket, a tune in a bucket. And so I'm not much of a, a musical person at all. Uh, most of the songs that I like, I, I couldn't tell you a single word. To the, to the song, to the point that my wife and my daughter, they pretty much laugh at me trying to come up with any verses to any songs whatsoever. Uh, I probably got part of two songs in my entire arsenal, and all I know is that's 57 and 333 from the old Red Book. Them's the only, only ones I know. Uh, but every now and then I do hear some lyrics to a song, and... I actually pay attention to them. Uh, and the Lord makes me aware of these things because these particular lyrics to this song, because probably because he knows I wouldn't pay a whole lot of attention by myself, but the lyrics have been in my head for a while. And I'm sure some of y'all, most of y'all might know this song. It's called Nobody. 
by casting crowns. And I'm riding and I hear these words to this song and I'm like, man. And like I say, that's a, that's a big deal for me because I don't listen to words and songs. But some of the words to this song are Moses had stage fright and David brought a rock to a sword fight and he picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and he changed the world. I get a lump in my throat just sitting here reading that off a piece of paper. And it hit me and it, those, these words hit, hit me hard and I had not been able to get them out of my head. So I wanted us to talk about some of them tonight. Uh, first in Exodus 3 and 10, we're talking about Moses. And it says, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So he's at the burning bush, and God tells Moses, he said, hey man, I got something I need you to do. I got to work for you, I got a job for you. And uh, verse 11, it says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and I should bring forth the children out of Israel? Pretty much, God told him, Hey man, I got something I need you to do. And Moses said, Do what? You, you, you got the wrong dude. I, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. In verse 12, uh, God told Moses not to worry about it, man. I'm going to be with you. I got something for you to do. I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. And what did Moses say? He said, yeah, but. I can't tell you how many yeah, buts I've told God in my life. I'm assuming I'm not the only one because I see a few Hey, he is doing this, and I see from folks smiling. So I'm not the only one, yeah, button God out there. But that's what we do. God said, I got something for you to do. And don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. Yeah, yeah, but, but, um, uh, yeah, but. Moses told him, he said, hey, they, they won't believe nothing I say. They won't believe me. If I do tell them what you said, they won't believe me. And, uh, and I, I can't talk good. And, 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 and I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, yeah, I can relate. Because I'll be honest, the people that, that knew me when I was younger, they have no reason to listen to anything I got to say. Because they knew me then. And it... Might be a little surprising to y'all. I don't speak the best English. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, I grew up in about as far south Georgia as you can grow up. And then I moved to Central Hatchie. And then twice a week I come down here and I listen to a dude that speaks Hoganese. And it's, it's a wonder I can carry on a conversation with anybody. Or anybody can understand anything. So I'm like, Moses, I get you. I don't, I don't speak real good either. But God told me the same thing he told Moses. He said, don't, you don't worry about that. I got you. 
I got you. He promised to be by Moses' side. And Moses used every excuse he could think of not to listen to what God was putting on his heart. I can't do that. You crazy. They somebody can do it, but I, I can't do it. And that's the same thing you and I have told God a, a hundred times. And God's told us every time, don't you worry about it. I, I got you. You got the wrong person, God. I would do that, but all this. Some folks might be here in tonight and they might be in that yeah, but mode with God right now. God might be tugging on your heart about something and you yeah, but him to death. And coming up with every excuse in the book why you can't do what God's laying on your heart. Even though he told you, I got something for you to do, but don't worry about it. I'm weak. I got you. So what happened? What happened to Moses after all this? What happened was he grew. He grew spiritually over time. That's what we need to do. We need to grow spiritually. In Exodus 17 and 6, it says, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Moses' faith grew. To the point that God told Moses, hit a rock with a stick and get some water. Now think about that for a minute. You thirsty. God says, take your stick and hit a rock with it. What would you do? If God told you that today, what would you do? Moses had no doubt at this point in his life. He had no doubt. Of what was fixing to happen. Our faith needs to grow to the point. To where there's no doubt in our hearts. Don't worry about your mind. In your heart. That God can and will do amazing things in your life. Just like he did with Moses. Moses gave us a real good example. Of going from. I know what you want me to do. I know you told me you were, go you were going to be with me. But I can't do that. He went from that to get out of the way because I'm fixing to bust this rock with a stick and y'all need to go get a jug because there's water fixing to bust up out of this rock. He went from there to there. He went from, I can't, I can't go talk to somebody for you to I'm fixing to bust a rock with a stick and get some water for everybody. Which one of those extremes are we at tonight? Are we at, I can't do this? Or you best get out of my way of that rock. Moses busted a rock with a stick and got water. And had no doubt that it was fixing to happen. 
He trusted that rock was going to spew water out of it. God told him, believe on me. We've got to believe that God is bigger than our problems. God is mightier than this crazy world that we're living in. And we've got to believe that God can quench our thirst through a rock. Are we there? As Christians, are we there or are we stuck in yeah but? This is a question I think every Christian needs to ask themselves. The next lyrics in the song where David brought a rock to a sword fight. Nowadays we say brought a knife to a gunfight, but same thing. We all have heard the story of King David ever since we were, were little. And we've all heard the story of David and Goliath. And we've all heard about this poor little shepherd boy that found himself face to face with the hero of the Philistine army. This big old monster of a man. And we've all seen the picture showing, you know, the big eyed lump in the throat. David with his rocks and his sling. But all them pictures that we saw, they're not real accurate. They aren't scriptural. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 says, And Paul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You squirts, you can't do this. You can't. You see that big old dude over? Shepherd boy? And this is where we picture in our head this little boy. Well, he's awful big. But in verse 37 says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. Does that sound like a scared little old boy? No. I done whooped all them. I'm fitting to whoop him same way. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Guess what? The God that let me whoop them, he finna let me whoop him too. In verse uh, 40, it says, And he took his staff in his hand and he chose him five smooth stones. Out of the brook, and he put them in his shepherd's bag, which we had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. He grabbed him some rocks and said, Come on, let's let's do this. Come on. Forty five said then David, and said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword. And with a spear and with a shield. But I come with thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. Thou hast defiled. You a big old boy. But you ain't as big as my God. You ain't as big as my God. 
God done give me some rocks. Let's see what happened. He said, this day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and will give it to the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Man, I'm fitting to climb you like a ladder up one side and down the other. And I'm fitting to let the buzzards eat what's left of you. Does it sound like a little scared little shepherd boy? Not even close. Because he had faith in his God. The problems of this world seem big and scary, but they can't stand up to our God. They can't stand up to our God. David had confidence in his rocks. He knew that God had given him his rocks. He knew God was fixing to help him use his rocks. Like Moses, David, he turned to the rock. And the last lyric I want to talk about of the song says, You pick 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you change the world. If you kind of look at this from our viewpoint, from a worldly viewpoint, Jesus didn't do a real good job of picking folks. If you look at it from our point of view. He picked several fishermen. And honestly, I kind of relate fishermen of the day to construction workers. Folks that maybe work in a factory, just regular folks. They's just making a living. They just getting up and go to work every day. That's all they was wanting to do. They regular folks. And that's who we picked, a lot of them. The only ones that really had any experience dealing with people were Matthew, who was probably fudging tax money. Bartholomew, he was from a royal family and he kind of looked at, he spent a lot of his life looking down his nose at folks. And then there was Judas, who John called a thief, and we know he betrayed Jesus. So from a, a worldly point of view, Jesus probably could have done a little better in the hiring process if he was going to get some folks. He, uh, Luckily, he didn't choose his disciples from a, a worldly point of view. He could have gotten some dream team of disciples. He could have gotten people that were respected members of the society. He could have got some public speakers. He could have gotten some people that were influential in the community. But he didn't. He got who he wanted. And he got them for his own reasons. The people that he got, they didn't look the part, but they fit the part. And he knew what they were capable of. Because they were going to do it through Jesus. God knows what you're capable of. Not through you, but through Jesus. 
And that's when he picks you and says, hey, I, I got something for you to do. Because he knows what you're capable of if you do it through Jesus. And the good thing is he knows even when you don't know what you're capable of. As their faith grew stronger and stronger, they could be used by God as the, the verse says, to change the world. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, it says, Now did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The rock was Christ. Moses, he had faith in his rock. David had faith in his rock. And Paul tells us that the rock was Christ. And I haven't really looked into it, but I've always been real kind of curious in this, in this verse. In the King James, rock is spelled with a capital R. It sounds like a title to me. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is our rock. My last verse tonight is in Psalms 18 and 2. It said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. The Lord is my rock. We need to let Jesus be our rock. We need to trust him. We need to lean on him. We need to count on him. And I'm going to close out tonight and tell you the chorus of this song. That we've been talking about. It says because I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody. About somebody. That saved my soul. If y'all will please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. We want to thank you. For your word that we got to read out of tonight. Lord, we want to ask you to help us live our life down here on earth, knowing and counting on Jesus as our rock. Lord, we want to thank you for tonight. Lord, we ask you to help each and every one of us here tonight. Lord, we pray that we're a little closer to you today than we were yesterday. Lord, we ask you to Help us be a little closer to you tomorrow than we were today. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your grace, and your mercy that you gave us today. Lord, please be with us until the time we come back here to gather together again. Lord, thank you for everything you do. Help us to be mindful and appreciative for all that you do for us and all our blessings. We ask this in the name of your precious and holy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.